Life Remixed. All right. Hello over there to Instagram. Hello, Instagram. Hello, everyone else over here. Uh, welcome along. It's 7.30 p.m. here in London, Wednesday evening. Uh, and welcome to Straight Talking with uh, me, Mark Wilkinson. Uh, this evening, we've got a very, very special guest uh, in Brandon Block. Brandon is uh, a great, great friend of mine, uh, a fantastic DJ, uh, and he's been playing music a few years longer than me, to be fair. Um, he's, a, he's a top fella as well. Uh, we've got a great history. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in this interview. I'm really, really honoured that um, Brandon has decided uh, to come and join us here on Straight Talking because we've got a lot to talk about. So let's bring him in. How you doing? Let me bring him in one sec. There we go. How are you, Brandon? <laughs> All good, mate. Nice to see you, Marky. This is a present from Chesney. Uh, uh, mate, Chesney, I'm the one and only. Uh, Christmas summer. So um, I'll tell you about that actually. If, you, if we get a chance in the in the uh, interview, I've done a little project with uh, Chesney and a couple of other people who I mentioned. So yes, mate, I'm all good. Lovely to see you. I'm really, really, really lovely to I be on your you, podcast. Thank you, mate. I don't think you can get away with just moving past that. Hang on. When you said Chesney, I thought you were talking about Charlie Chester. So, no. so you're doing a little pre- project with Chesney Hooks. Yes, <laughs> love it. Just tell me about it now. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, Chesney's been a friend of mine for a long, long time. And uh, <clears throat> look, so um, basically, I uh, so I, I, I've talked to a friend of mine about the uh, you know the stuff we're doing and what we've been doing for a long time. And and I wanted to start this podcast. And I thought, well, for me, music's always been a, a savior in one form or another. You know, uh, there's always been a time when you go to get a happy record and, you know, you're when you're feeling down or having a bit of a moment in your life and you can always find solace in your music somewhere. You might take you a while to get back. You go, oh, and you hear something that resonates and it lifts you out of your, you know, your doldrums, let's say. Um, so we, we've just, we, we've got this, I won't tell the name of it, but it will be, I'll let you know when we're going to uh, release. We've been doing a few We've got a few episodes recorded. Um, and basically, we, we talk about uh, different subjects around uh, mental health, but also how um, music can lift or take you into your sad place. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talk about certain records that have done that for us, and there may be a reason for it, why they're played at a certain time in your life, or was it a big part of you know certain places in your life? And just playing it and, and experiencing the emotions again and seeing how that brings up you know, what it brings up and why, you know, that why that particular moment in your life was either happy or maybe a bit sad. Um, so, you know, and, and, and taking a light hearted look at ourselves uh, and, you know, the way we manage our mental health, basically, you know. So well, I've, I've got one for you that I, I kind of worked out probably as we got towards the end of our DJ careers. But for me, it's like music is the sound of emotions. Music is the sound of your emotions. Well, yeah, I mean, this guy that I, you know, Brian Main, who does the goal mapping um, model, which is fantastic. And Brian used to be a DJ. And when we first met, and I, I, you know, I I, I love Brian. And uh, when we first met, um, he used to be a DJ on the Isle of Wight. He owned a nightclub. He was the first official, you know, licensee on the Isle of Wight, who was very young at the time. But he actually said, and he just resonated with me, he said, I heard records and I listened to them. And when, when we first started out, we were consumed by lots of other things, not just about the music. So although the love that songs that we were hearing, we would hear the certain, you know, the, the, the pianos or the, the, the key vocal, let's say, or the, or the chorus, you never actually listen to all the words. And it's only when I, you know, uh, more recently I've started 
listening to a lot of the songs I play and leaving the house music, the dance music, they're all written and a lot, most of them are written around love. Mm. They've all got a, a message in the song, in the music, um, to coin a phrase. Um, so, you know, I mean, all the songs that we listen to on the, those old Joe Smooth Promised Land and, you know, Someday C.C. Rogers and, you know, Certainly Avoid It's All Right and all those huge, and Alice Limerick, you know, Where Love Lives and all those sort of really, really, you know, um, poignant uh, house records for us at the time. We were aware, but we weren't fully aware of the message. But now when you listen to the vocals and listen to the words, you get the message and you can feel the emotion. So, yes, you're right. Music is... Uh, emotion. So emotion. Motion. Emotion. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. So that's a nice, that's a nice lead-in for me to ask you about your favourite tunes, mate. Now, after a DJ career of however many years, <laughs> what's your fa- you know what's the favourite tunes that have really stuck 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 out to you, mate? Well, look, I, I, there were so many records, yeah. you know, so many records. But each, as, as you say, each one has a moment. Each one has a particular memory or uh you know um but for me i mean sort of, sort of uh, time not bound uh you know, anything by Luther. uh he seems to have made some fantastic albums with so many resonant songs but um so you actually might you know george ballads i meant uh, george benson love ballad is, a, is a, another yeah. favorite of mine a really uh a record that does does things to me um but um so yeah, but, but you changed Glow of Love, which was Luther singing oh, on Change. So uh, you know, yeah. I had a little remix with Dr. Packer a couple of years ago when I went to Australia. We did in the studio and just you know dropped his fantastic drums over, and it, it you know it's, it's wicked, wicked. So yeah, Luther or you know George Benson, um, and more recently you know to some of the classic house stuff is just yeah. You but know, I mean, you're just basic, basically, you've just you know if the cat was ever in the bay, you've slid it out of the bay, you're basically a total 80 soul boy, which have maximum respect for me, mate. Cause I was there as well. You know, I remember someone asked me the other day, they said, what's, you know, what was the first concert you went to? I went, I was like, Fatback band of Steve Walsh at Hammersmith Odeon. <laughs> me too. I went to Fatback at Hammersmith for Steve Walsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, went, I went, I remember saying, do you know what? But Fatback made some great little Spanish hustle. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and Lover Undercover. Yeah. Okay. It's not it's a very, not, very, very no, well known one. It's well known, a great basically. record. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I listen a lot. We'll talk a little bit about My Soul Radio in a bit, but I listen a lot to My Soul Radio during the day, for instance, when I'm driving around and dab and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I mean, I love some of the old school tunes they pull out on there. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I've forgotten all about that. Oh, yeah, God. I know. It's great for that, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So, really uh, fair good. play to them and Gordon Mack and that for doing a great job over there. It's brilliant. So, brilliant. um, you know, I've given you a bit of an overview, obviously, of Life Remix. You know, this is how much fun it was. This is how bad it got. And this is how I fixed it. Um, and my, my, you know, problem, obviously, was, a, you know, incurable disease and then bankruptcy. Those were my problems in my 30s. But your book, now you wrote a book. How long ago? In 2011, we we published we self published basically. But you okay. know, Matt, anyway, you know Matt Trollope because uh, uh, Matt wrote it. I, I Funny story, actually. Someone had said to me, look, you've got to write a book. And I... I, I I was put in touch with a couple of people who sort of said, yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's do it. And it never trans- transpired to be written. And anyways, I was at Carnival one uh, one Sunday, God knows how many years ago. So it must have been 10, 10, 12 years ago. And I, um, I happened searching for the late night, you know, party, let's say. I happened to on, on Matt's bar and Stuart Patterson's bar in Harlesden at the time, which was called The Lodge. 
Uh, <laughs> and I went in and I hadn't seen Matt for years since he used to, you know, he was, he was sort of our, uh, probably like a personal journal, journalist, <laughs> myself and Alex at the time, because we were getting into so many scrapes, you know, many, many years ago. So I said, I saw Matt, we had a cuddle and see how you're doing. And I said, I said, do you want to write my book? And he went, yeah. So <laughs> that was it. And we, we started seeing each other, uh, regularly and, um, we started transcribing and blah, blah, blah. And it was sort of published 2011. Um, it's, a, it's a biographical account of, you know, sort of my... What uh, I loved about it, Brandon, what I loved about your book was that, that it had your voice in it, but it was obviously, you know, it was written by the two of you. So there was a lot of perceptions from the outside and a lot of interviews with your family, with your dad particularly, I remember. There was yeah. a lot of interviews, there was a lot of like, you know, real sort of like, you know, stuff that's tugging at the heartstrings and, and 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 also you know a lot of interviews with you about you know the 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 joy and the happiness and the buzz and the i mean it's hard to explain i was trying to i'm writing something in i'm doing the second edit of life remixed at the moment just getting ready for release in february and i'm writing about it and i'm like i'm trying to explain to someone how it feels to be stood up there in front of a couple of thousand people like everybody dancing celebrating uplifting you know i can only imagine what it felt like for you on the terrace of space with you and alex in those early days when you were smashing it out and it was just it was all total, day total know. immersion total immersion in the in the moment that was if, if eckhart toll was there <laughs> that was the that was the power of now and i'll that, explain you know, it to him because <laughs> yeah. you know there was no we didn't we didn't we didn't care about the, the the future or the or the the past at that moment we were just living in that in that incredible time of music and you know uh, yeah. comradeship and you know humans getting together and dancing like your dad and not really caring about much else other than what was going right on for us there and then so yeah like moment tune, of time. You know, tune after tune after tune the beautiful sunshine the planes coming over and everyone's cheering and just like you know those are just moments in time i mean i burnt up you you same as you i burnt up like 12 hours in space i didn't even know what was going on but i was just having the time of my life and and we were Brilliant. talking connecting and loving and being together and there was big groups of us i'd be there with rocky and farley and rampton and you and just and chest everybody you know i mean just yeah. so many people and it was just it was just a moment in time and it was beautiful but the title of your book yeah is is the life and lines of brandon block yeah, I, know. I, for that. <laughs> I mean it's a beauty don't get me wrong it's an absolute beauty of a title um but it's quite a hard read in places because it's, it got so bad mate didn't it yeah it got so yeah, i mean you know yeah joking apart it, yeah it was terrible at the end at the end of my uh let's say my uh using um which can we, was can we talk a bit more about that can we can we let a few people really perhaps people haven't read this but some people have of course and it sold well and you did well but the bottom line is is there'll be some people in there there'll be some stuff in there that people don't know brandon so how about how about you tell us that uh, you know the, re the reality well i mean look you know i i i i got to a place where uh and i i i think whatever the powers may be that I got to this moment of epiphany or, or moment of awakening when I was sitting in a hospital sort of trying to persuade them to, to give me more of whatever I was after at the time. I don't even remember um, to cope with illnesses and, you know, anxiety, which was unbeknown to me then, but also my entrenched, you know, cocaine use. Um, <clears throat> but I had this moment and, and my, I, I think re I realized recently, it only came to me not too long ago, what, what the fear 
was holding me back from was mm. the fact that I, I was too scared of living life without everything. Mm. So normally, I think I was just co-consumed with the fear of not being able to live life. I had no idea what life would be like without that stuff. What, what, what age were you when you started sort of start drinking alcohol or, or getting involved in addictions? Well, I suppose, I suppose, uh, like anyone who grew up in the eighties, mate, we grew up in pubs, didn't we? Yeah. Pubs 14, were, I was started drinking. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I was 13 drinking Thunderbird down a park and mm. usual sort of uh, behaviors that went on. I think we yeah, all, yeah. For, for those who grew up in that era would probably resonate, uh, probably uh, relate to most of that about, you know, Thunderbird and mm. Watney's party seven, which are now being re-released, would you believe? Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm 13, 14, and then continuing yeah. to discos at the pub. Where my first disco residency was in my local pub. So, yeah. you know, myself and Ali, who you know very well, yeah. uh, we were we had an, a, a disco, mobile disco, which was uh, we we went on the road eventually. It was called Ecstasy Disco, would you believe? And that was in <laughs> nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Look at this, 1985. That was. And I found 1985. The, ec- the Ecstasy Disco, 1985. Awesome. The irony, and I um. <laughs> I Wait, found this Brandon, Brandon, that's a beauty what you think about is what you bring about anyway carry on go on <laughs> I found I found this business card for myself and Ali and if yeah. you look it's got the, it's got the phone numbers without the prefixes is it got an 01 I can't quite see but is it, has it got no 01? no 01 just the number <laughs> yeah the seven numbers of your old phone no, so no, I found that one business card so yeah um, all that age. So that, yeah, that, that was that was it really you know mobile disco in the pub um, adoration you know all, yeah. but also getting to play your, your new imports every week which was fantastic yeah. Play, yeah. Um, playing those records you know pulling those girls maybe just doing all that stuff that a young man did you know back then and just living that life right and and it felt good we got pleasure didn't we, we got, there was pleasure involved of course there was otherwise we wouldn't keep doing it would we well I mean you know we. I think I think music's always sort of transcended through my, my ages mm. and, um, you know, being, being able to make people dance and, and, and watch people's enjoying themselves, uh, with yeah. playing something that you really love. It's an incredible, yeah. incredible thing to be able to do. And, um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I loved it then. I, I love it now. Uh, and you know, 35 years, that's a long, that's a lifetime, mate. We've been in it. We've done this a lifetime already. So anything more is a bonus type thing, but yeah, you know, so along with that came certain other behaviors, which were unfortunate. Well, I wrote down, I wrote down that <clears throat> in life remixed as I'm doing this edit, I wrote down, I wrote down, I'm trying to explain to someone what it feels like to stand in front of a couple of thousand people celebrating a tune all at once, the energy. And when you, you've, you know, it might be, it might, it might be someone else's record, but you've played it and you've made them uplift. And that energy is so difficult to explain. I, I can only liken it to like scoring a goal, maybe for your favorite team. And just, it's just, it's euphoric in itself. Yeah. But when you totally. add in some of the other addictions and the other things that came about with it around the mid eighties and then into the nineties and everything else, and you add that to it as well, the euphoria was just in, well, it's intoxicating, wasn't it? And that's, I guess, really for someone such as myself and, and I believe for yourself, having read the life and lines of Brandon Block, you know, the addictive personality 
and we could accept, we can assess our childhood and where it came from and everything else. But that addiction and that addiction to pleasure and that addiction to that uplifting, you know, music and that buzz and everything else, it just it just grabbed hold of you, didn't it? And it just it, it just took you on a journey. It took me on a journey anyway. I don't know about you. Well, you see, look, let me uh, look. I understand what you're saying. I've got to say my take on things, right? Mm. So I don't believe in addictive personalities. I don't believe, I believe, look, every human in the world is an addict, right? The addict addiction describes a, uh, a human condition, which we are all susceptible to, uh, in a way it doesn't always have to be substances. It can be anything. Yeah. We're, creatures, we're, we're creatures of habit. We learn things, but once we learn things we like doing, which change the way we feel or give us uh, pleasure, we will do them more often. Mm. it's what we're like it's what we are as humans you won't you're not going to say well i'm not going to do that because it might be bad for me mm-hmm. you won't know until it's bad to you till it gets bad for you right but you are yeah. until that time you will do what you want to do to have pleasure we are yeah. pleasure seekers yeah. so uh if you and i know you know about joe dispenza uh um, yes. so this is a, a great neuroscientist who um studies epigenetics which is uh, genealogy and how our genes map us as humans and people individuals but you can change your genes uh, by thinking better yep um changing the way you think mm-hmm. which is practice it's like anything you have to work at it and you have to be mindful that you're thinking incorrectly or something that's not in keeping with uh you being healthy mentally let's say so i believe that you know um if you're aware of the problem and if it becomes problematic you are in a position to change it. So I think the wording needs to sort of modernize in a way around this, what we talk about, because um, I just think, you know, it's a label that can sometimes hold you back. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, I, used to are, use re- I used to use it as a reason. I used to say, oh, well, I've got an addictive personality. And that's just yeah, an excuse. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You're justifying it. And I don't, yeah. see, I, I, I don't want to do that because I want I prefer to work on, not mm. being like that or having a balance in life or having, you know, saying, Oh, I'm going to have a little bit of chocolate. I'm not going to have too much chocolate. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, or, or whatever it may be. I mean, too much of anything can be a bit too. Yeah. But, absolutely. But when it comes to substances and, you know, alcohol and stuff, they are bad for you because you know they make you ill like anything in excess will make you ill. So, um, Unfortunately, and I think the underlying issues on the main thing when we talk about addiction or whatever, um, because if you think about the way you're conditioned and it's no by, I'm not blaming anyone, your parents or whatever, because they were only given the tools they were given at the time. It just happens that we're living in a time now where we have a lot of knowledge about this and how the brain works and how food, um, you know, um, how language, uh, how music any of how our environment affects us because our environment can affect us like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's an old cliche, stub your toe in the morning. <laughs> you, you've got a pain straight away type thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's that whole thing about trying to deal with what's gone on before you start involving yourself with taking substances, substances that actually change the way you feel. So sugar, we know, but you know, most of us, probably nearly all of us in the world have had sugar at very early age yeah because it's a comforter but also alongside that it's very addictive yes it is because because it's mm, i like that it's very sweet i want more of it because it also releases dopamine 
which is your happy chemical. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of clin, 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 clinical stuff around this as well as the biological stuff and. Uh, um, but I'm not going to get into too much. I'm not a doctor. No, Brandon, listen, what I love, what I love is, what I love is, I mean, no, what I love is how well read you've become and what you've done with your life. And I want to come on. I want to come on to that. Well, I want to. I also want to just like touch on a few things because I'm getting some great quotes. We've got we've got Lindsay, we've got Katie, we've got Dan, we've got Gav, we've got so many people watching and, and giving us shouts. It's wonderful. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte's on there as well. Simon, we got we got Michael's here. We have got so many people, mate. It's wonderful. Um, so, but let's let's just go back a little bit further because the, the whole self development thing is awesome, and what you've done to change your life and help other people is without doubt the best and greatest thing you've ever done. Um, Thank you. you know, and you've done some wonderful things and made some great records. I mean, you had a top 10 hit, didn't you? Number three, mate. Number three. I was going to tell you, you just said the, some of the greatest things I've ever done. You forgot about remixing the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Anyway. Yeah, no. But you know what? But I have to look at that bit of my life and think, that would have probably never happened if I was still doing what I was doing back then. So, yeah. you know, 96 was a pivotal moment for me because, you know, I, I, I stopped doing cocaine overnight and I never went back. So, you know, um, but I was on that far away from not being here. So, you know, it was a big undertaking and I, I came to that decision myself, luckily enough. Uh, I walked myself into, I walked myself to the doctors. I walked myself to the, the, the clinic. I walked myself out of the clinic. I did an interview for Mix Mag at that time. I don't remember. That was uh, sent up. They interviewed me while I was in the detox, believe it or not. Um, Cause I think at that time there was complete taboo around drug addiction um, and um, over exuberance. Cause we were still living in our hedonism well, world. Let, let we? me take you back to that. There's two things I remember from you there's two things i remember from you that people pick up on that you know i mean the first one was I, I, i'm gonna take you back there anyway do you remember the time you came to my recording studio in hammersmith do you remember that oh, one what, in my pajamas <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know he turned up in his pajamas and a big fur coat um, I, I, I don't even i don't even live near there i think you might <laughs> I think you might, I think you might have paid for the studio session in Coppers as well, if I remember correctly. There was some like mad thing where you turned up with like a carrier bag, like, you know, like 100 quid. And like, you know, <laughs> if I remember rightly, Drummond was there. That's right. Phil was there. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and you, I mean, mate, you were flying, right? Oh, I mean, you were oh, steaming. Right? I mean, I, I'm not sure it was a very productive day, but it was certainly like, I've never forgot it. I was like, my God, Brandon, you know what I mean? Reminded me. That was, was fun. Like, and the other one, the other one, the other one that's slightly more famous because obviously that was just that that, that was just a special treat for me and my mates. Um, but the, the the one that's more famous that a couple of people have just said that they remember as well is um, the Brits, mate. Now, what what happened at the Brits that night? Talk us through it. So I got uh, okay. So <laughs> so <laughs> Matthew, who was my best mate, Matthew Donegan. You remember Matthew? Respect Mandy and Chris. And so Matthew was my best mate. We grew up together as well. So I've got a lot of very close friends. But anyway, so Matt, Matt. So here's the here's the incestuous part of it. Matt was running the Brits uh, production company for the after party. Brits after party was always a renowned sort of bit like a Vanity Fair type thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Matt was running the after party and I'd played there for like four years previously to this year. And I DJed, uh, at the after party. It was very great for him to do. It's not whether, you know, um, 
where everyone used to go in Earl's Court. And he'd said to me this one year, um, Ali B, if you remember, Ali B was a big DJ on Capital at the time. He's playing a lot of break, break beats. He said, oh, we've got Ali B this year. I said, that's fine. That's not fine. Anyway, so um, what happened was that, uh, so so I'd, I'd made the record Blockstar with Ricky and Fran in 1999. That had gone top three. Uh, top three, bloody hell. I was Get on top you. of I was, on the top, I was on top of the pops, which was Lovely. a wonderful experience because, you know, yeah. uh, we mapped our lives by top of the pops, didn't we, really? Yeah. Um, and then um, it, we got nominated for an award because the Whamdu project, right, yeah. by, uh, which was King of My Castle, was actually yeah. the number one. But it That's actually right. gone, it was the highest dance, act, a dance track in that period. But because they were American, couldn't yeah. be the best British dance act. Uh-huh. So the next run up was us. It was you. Was, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they said, look, we, uh, um, Matt's, oh, no, sorry, the Ministry of Sound rang with my label and rang up and said, look, we've, we've uh, been nominated for a Brit. We're not going to win. I said, he said, but, you know, um, just thought I'd let you know. I said, well, get us a table then. They went, yeah, well, nice. why? And he said, well, I just said, just get us a table. Because right. I want to go. Because I want to go. <laughs> so they said, all right, we'll get a table. So they got a table. Uh, and there was Ricky, Fran, myself, Tony Byrne, Tony Byrne. Um, best radio plugger to the stars, Tony Byrne. Um, King of the big ups. And um, big love to you, Tony. Uh, who else? Uh, my dad. Um, Brady. You know, yeah, Brady. Yeah. Brady, Brady. Brady, Brady was there. Um yeah. And we had, uh, and then the Ministry of Sound had uh, a few of the big hitters from, you know, uh, the first dot-com millionaire. I think Lawrence Alexander was there. Anyway, uh, it, it was it was a fantastic uh, thing to be part of, especially sitting at a table, obviously. So we were in the C section, which is like A's, B's, and C's. And I was next to Chris Moyles, Trevor Trevor Nelson on the Radio 1 table over there, like there. And we were sort of all having a bit of a laugh in our, in our little uh, sections. And... Uh, I got carried away with the, the festivities of the evening. Oh, really? No. And um, I'd, so then I, like I, was you. To, yeah. so I was talking to Mark, um, Mark and um, Dane from another level. Yeah. And we were just sat there talking and, I, and then Dane said, you've won an award. And I went, Have I? I looked, I looked at the stage and I went, done. And that was it. I didn't check. I didn't, I didn't even look. I was just. Didn't even occur know. to you. No. I just went and I went, I'm going to get it. And I walked through the, I went through all the bees and down the city and all the big, I'm brand, where are you going? I'm going, good hour, you're not going to start with me. And I went through, I went past Norman and Pete Tong and everyone. I go, no, what are you doing? I go, oh, no, 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 I won, I'm getting my award. And the rest of it is history, as they say. You know, you can so, you see I what mean, happens. You can find that on YouTube when uh, Brandon just ends up on the stage with uh, Davina McCall and Ronnie Wood, um, and uh, it all goes it all goes literally Pete Tong. Uh, but um, you know, what's funny from the back of that is that you actually. Uh, you know, your your profile actually went up off the back of that straight. I mean, you know, bizarrely, you know, I mean, but but I remember you almost like were doing like DJ gigs off the back of the fact that that you were the geezer who like ended up throwing water with Ronnie Wood on the stage. <laughs> it was it was yeah, you know, the next day I had people ring me up saying, Richard and Judy want you on this one, and I'm I'm going, oh, I'm going on I'm I'm off to Israel. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I had a gig booked in Israel, and I, I I went, and then I had to get called back early to do this 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 other gig. Believe it or not, that because of the on the back of the Brits, it was they said it was a sellout. Turns out it was thirty people there, but 
<laughs> but you know, it, it, do you know how that's 20 years ago, mate? I know, 20 mate. years know. ago. And and so so let's keep going because that that was that was legendary, right? Okay. And then obviously, you know, you know, you've been through like the hard times, you've had to do recovery. Uh, you know, you, you you I mean your book is so candid. Uh, I urge anyone who's watching this to, to buy the life and lines of Brandon Block and read it or even reread it if you've forgotten it, because, uh, you know, it's an awesome book. And, and what a roller coaster of, of a story of your early life in music and your family and everything else that came with it. And DJing, of course. Um, and then obviously, you know, everything else that went around it. But then obviously you had to sort of like, like reinvent yourself. Right. And, and, you know, you had to go through some changes. I mean, what was that period like for you? Because I know it was like for me and I put it in my book. But what was it like for you? Uh, weird um it's just very i suppose look you know uh, if you follow a certain route um of getting better let's say look uh, my journey was my own doing i chose my own sort of path i didn't necessarily follow any particular model mm. but suggestions are made that you you remove yourself from all triggers uh and reminders and environments that could trigger you again well i wasn't having any of that you know i said i'm not leaving my music i'm not stopping dj i'm not stopping going to my beef i'm just going to do it but not with drugs that's it i did i went i, I sort of white knuckled it uh <clears throat> for many years uh you know it, it, I, I was you know i in here was vietnam outside mm. was uh, more like a nice beach in in Bali, but um, in here was going bomb, bombs, bombs. So, but you know, uh, I did have to sort of change uh, lots of stuff, and, you know. And for all of us, sorry, go on, come. No, I was going to say the power is in the decision, isn't it? Totally. Because, because, totally. You know, we so many so many times we put decisions off for various reasons. There's a great quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger: "You can either have results or excuses, but not both." Now that sounds harsh, and particularly for someone who's going through a recovery. But the point is, is that actually making that decision and saying, "You know, I'm choosing life." And I, for me, I listened to music when I was six years old. I didn't think I didn't need drink or drugs or anything then. I just loved music. So it was almost like a regression session for me to end up back. Um, with, you know, be clean and be enjoying music again and having that feeling. And, and I found that in the end, after, after a sort of like a push-pull struggle, I found that to be quite cathartic and therapeutic because I got to recover. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, as you say, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's the decision and the power in the decision. If the decision has enough intention and has enough uh, reason for you to be, uh, you know, sticking to it, i.e., your health, your, your life is at risk, or, you know, even, even this, any decision you make. And look, I think you've got to be allowing for being human mm. and also allow for what's going on around us. So, you know, we've all been through the weirdest time the last, you know, few months. Yeah. And, and I think to, to, I think, you know, I think that the decision that we've most of it, that nearly all of us took was that we would do our best. And that's all we can do in those times. We can only do our best as long as, you know, we can all get consumed in the stuff that's going on. And, you know, often for people, when my heart goes out to people who lost loved ones during this whole thing, mm. uh, you know, it's, a, it's a been a horrible time. But, mm. you know, for us, we have to, 
uh, and I say adapt and overcome, it's difficult in these times because we don't know what's coming next. And the uncertainty is always something. If you go to Tony Robbins, he'll say we, the uncertainty is what we don't do well at. Mm. So, but we've had uncertain times for everyone. Everyone's been in uncertainty. They still are because we don't know what's around the corner, you know, uh, and, you know, businesses and everything else, our business gone, you know, for the time being until we don't know when. Um, so it's a matter of actually sitting back and going, you know, I, I, what I found was that I was so grateful for what I have and not what I don't have. So, you know, that whole need or want question, it's become, it was like a daily, you know, do what do you need? I mean, this thing, you know, in online banking, right? Mm. So the first month of COVID, I got a text from an online banking. You have spent blah, 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 less than you did last month. And I went, well, what did I spend last month? And I looked at what I spent. I think, nothing. I spent money on nothing, which, you know, which we didn't have. Mm. And then for the next three or four months, we bought nothing pretty much. Amazon, you know, became a life saviour. But I, I think I found myself buying necessities, things I wanted, like if I ride my bike in the morning, so I bought a helmet and stuff like that. But I did ride my bike every morning, which was something I haven't done in the last three years since I've had it. Good for but then I was doing ride 35 miles every morning, 35 kilometres every morning, um, which I loved. And I was down the canal and getting into nature. Mm. And you saw the... I mean, you saw all the swans and the ducks and the herons and the coots and all these weird and wonderful birds you don't see a lot of all down the canal. And, you know, it was dead. It was dead because even people on the barges weren't coming out. They weren't, you know, the canal people yeah. weren't even out of their boats. It was like literally a dead well, path. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a little story. So I, I've been working, I've got lots of companies now, multiple sources of income and great, great businesses. One of them is a construction company. And I found myself in the center of London, just by Oxford Circus on March 24th after lockdown. And there was a construction site still working. So there was like 20 odd blokes up there and I was doing my job um, for that particular company that particular day. And I was the only person on Regent Street. And I've got a picture of me. I've, it's like it's like zombie. It, it's like I took a picture. I was like that. I took a picture all the way around because I was like, I'll never see this again. It was like eleven o'clock in the morning. It's utterly, utterly empty. Now a couple of things have come to my mind, Brandon. We'll just I'll just jump in. Uh, I've got big shouts to Lucy and Phil um, and Mark Brown's joined us as well. So hi, Mark. But this one's just jumped out at me. This message here, Brandon. I just want to acknowledge it. Um, it's it's from a Facebook user, so it's anonymous. But I just thought we could send some good wishes to this this guy or girl who's put this message uh, because it says, I'm in rehab today at the Priory for at least a month. I'm trying to get better. Um, I think that's a beautiful message. Thank you for sending it to Brandon and myself. And we both wish you absolute love uh, and, and honor to, uh, to get, get better, you know, and stick at it. It will get better. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Brandon. So a couple of other quick things that jumped into my mind there as well. Um, I've got a little three-step strategy that I use, which is forgiveness, acceptance, and gratitude. And when you can get into those three things and really appreciate and understand those words, they can really help you. Um, and the food, the food, the clothing, and the shelter, those are the things we really need as human needs. Do you know what I mean? Those are the three things that really you know, resonate that we have to have. And I think that's what we found in 2020, that as long as we have food, clothing, and shelter – you know, uh, and our health, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, that, that takes you back to every crisis is an opportunity and it takes you back to the basics, doesn't it? Well, see, the thing is, what you said was there's one you didn't mention. And this is the thing we struggled with through the whole of lockdown where Zoom came to the connection. So <coughs> connection, which is mm. why I think we found our, 
our immediate bubbles, let's say, or, or our, uh, the people we were with, and, and this is where my heart goes out to people who were uh, isolated on their own during lockdown, because it, it must have been, pff, I, I wouldn't even, you know, like to think how that was. But, you know, um, well done for making it through, etc. So that whole thing about being able to, this is why the internet, you know, for all its faults and, and you know, social media for all its, you know, let's not talk about that just yet, but, you know, it became, so do you notice, right? This is what I noticed. All, when we were heading in, when we got into, like, before lockdown, you and me, look, we've been on this journey of, of let's say, self-development or whatever um, for a while. That's been going on well before lockdown has now compounded all that stuff that was coming, going to happen anyway. The human mm-hmm. race was heading towards a, a fierce mental health breakdown because, the world was moving so fast. We can't keep up with it. Our minds won't keep up with it. The technology was going so fast, you know, and, and the, well, the comparisons we live in or we lived in and the expectations of having to achieve these things, which you just weren't possible or, you know, you can do it. You can do it. Well, you know, what if I can only do this much? Who says that I have to be able to achieve that much? Who's the one who says, this is what, you know, this is why I sort of get that. I uh, sort of take a different look at that whole thing now, but so what I found in lockdown was that the, the whole, the usage of social media changed. Everyone became thoughtful, kind, connected, mm. compassionate. You know, and did you notice all the stuff that we was looking at was nice mm. and everyone got on with it and everyone just managed and the NHS were fantastic and, you know, everyone managed to support all that stuff and they forgot about all the other stuff where conditioned with on a daily basis you know uh, everyone was concerned about your fellow man mm. and and then all of a sudden once you, you get into that mode of a bit of normality let's say or we were getting used to the the system how it worked all the other stuff starts coming back mm. you know the conspiracy theories all the, you know, and then that buys into our emotions because we're getting the negative feeds from the you know, we're getting stressed out a bit oh this is where I'm, I'm normally happy sitting in that stressful bit so I, you know, I, I think I hope, and you, you, I know you mentioned this before, but I, I may as well touch on it now. That I hope that we can still keep an element of that humanity about us all as we move into the next stage of whatever's going to happen. You know, are you frozen? I think we will. I, I think we will. I think you know, in every crisis, there's an opportunity, as I said. And for me, in every crisis, there's a learning opportunity. So there's something to be learned from this crisis. And as there is in every crisis, in 2008-9, it was the fear of poverty. In this time, in this time, it's the fear of death and ill health. But the bottom line is, is that if we learn to take care of ourselves and each other better, then we should have less problems. Now, I've got a couple more coming in here, Brandon, that are just going to say, so Ben's come in, Ben Connolly said, Brandon, absolute legend, not just for his music and crazy behaviour, but the, for the human being that he is, nothing but love. That's a nice Thank compliment. you, mate. mate that's that's really one. lovely. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ben. And there's another one from Trisha here as well, and hi to Karen as well. There's another one from Trisha here. It says, uh, could you say that addiction is a disconnect from something and therefore what we need to is what we need to do is connect. It's an interesting one. What do you think? I, I think, look, Trisha, I, I think yeah, fundamentally, look, we are, I think it's down to a, the, the human condition. We like to do things because we learn it because that's how we learn how to let in love in life. If you, if you're given a task, you know, say, right, you can learn this. You can then be able to do it. That's like the old, uh, you know, pre-programmed 
which we know we've learned and we can do like driving addiction yes is well addiction is very selfish you yeah. don't find often that your your use uh, your social network may involve people who are addicted to certain substances let's say mm. um I, I think it's probably a disconnection for yourself because mm. once you're in, once you're immersed in addiction you are not aware of your your emotions and feelings i think you become you know obsessed with the, what's going on for you in, within that behavior so yes in the eyes answer to that is uh in my opinion uh yes on a bit of both counts i think um but i don't think see i think we just have to be mindful if we're doing something too much and if we are able yeah. to rein it in if we think it's uh problematic then that's the case and, you know i think what we tend to do is always talk about addiction with regards to substances if you say I I'm sorry, but I was addicted to loads of negative things. And then I flipped, I almost flipped that addiction to go into running marathons. And I got addicted to actually got addicted to running and I got addicted to positive things. Well, of course you're releasing all your hormones in the motor, you know, in endorphins. So you, you, this is what we do. This is what we like to do. If it's something that makes you feel good, look, this is my take on things, right? And it may be, Trisha, if you, this might explain a little bit more about how I think about it. So, I don't want to get too deep. Right. No, no, go for it. Right. So we, we, we resonate, we live on a level of semi-stress because we, you know, we pick the phones up first thing in the morning. I don't anymore. I haven't done for a while. I haven't had Facebook on my phone for four months. Mm. We pick up this sort of, we get out of bed. We need a bit of adrenaline to get out of bed, a bit of excitement or something. But then if we pick our phones up and we gen generally jump into the old, right, you look at, facebook or instagram whatever it is you look at first thing of emails text whatever it is it's going to be something which goes oh didn't do that yesterday or oh dear or something oh dear it's not always yeah it's not always a, a, a ray of light right so we always resonate at a certain level so as we are creatures of pleasure seekers we get bored at that level but the, we go for the quickest fix with the instant gratification and often because uh you know we may have happy lives but the easiest because we're so tuned to thinking negatively, normally, not because not unique to many people, just this is our stuff, we'll go and get a quick fix on the negative things because it happens quicker. So if you notice you go to therapy and you sit with your counselor or whatever a therapist and say, look, and they say, go, let's go to your happy place. And you go, right. And they say, right, close your eyes. So you've got to close your eyes. You've got to go through a whole process of reaching your happy place because you're, you're caught up in your world of thinking on a daily basis. So you have to calm yourself and live in that present moment and then go, right, I'm here. And then remember the happy moments. Whereas if you just think, Oh God, I'm too caught up in letting go. And Oh dear. No, then, and then you finally get a happy moment. You think, ah, I've got a happy moment. But whereas we're just so used to thinking pretty much negatively that you just often go to the quick fix, uh, thinking patterns. Oh, anyway, I hope that sort of, no, it's made, a bit of, made a bit of sense. Um, I'm, get, I'm getting loads of comments coming in, which we're going to catch up with, but there's a couple of other things I want to sort of steer us towards because it's going to lead into exactly what you've just been talking about there as well, which I think we can expand on together because we both coach, we both help, we both grow. Think we make good things happen now for people, not just with music, but in lots of other ways as well. Yeah. Um, but um, so I remember uh, I was walking 2016. If you remember, I was limping, barely limping yes. through Excel. <laughs> 
I was limping in Excel. I went to, I just wanted to see Tony Robbins and do a firewalk and actually sort of see what was going on there because I'd never been to UPW, Unleash the Power Within. And I walked in, I limped in, I was barely able to walk. My knees were really bad because I was under huge stress. I wasn't in a good place at all. I was, definitely wasn't in my happy place. And I walked into UPW, there's 10,000 people there, right? There's 10,000 people there and I walk in and all I heard was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Course, I, remember. <laughs> I remember it vividly, mate. It was brilliant because you know it was my first one as well, and I was there with uh, Chris Hill. Yeah. And and actually, look, there's a there's a the, the reason why that was so um, uh, profound as an experience for me is because I'd just come out of the Celebrity Big Brother house. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, but I didn't tell everyone. So everyone, if you, uh, before that, the year previous or year and a half previous, that I was working with um, in the, for the NHS working with people with multiple complex needs, which is uh, mental health issues, um, substance abuse, criminality, and also homelessness. So I was working with some quite, you know, uh, real life, you know, uh, chaotic people, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 I left that job like literally two weeks before I went in this house and I was burnt out. Yeah. Emotionally burnt out. Yeah. So I wasn't in the right frame of mind at all. Which is why I, I, I left. But then when I left that house, it, it made me worse. And uh, I thought to myself, I've got to find a way to get myself back. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm walking costume. Uh, I'm, I'm empty. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what to do. So anyway, uh, the Tony Robbins event came up. I wasn't fully aware of what I was going into. But then when I went there and obviously met you and we spent the three days together, jumping up and down and screaming and shouting, we had our Dickens experience and we had a weep together, which was great. Yeah, and a cuddle. And, um, we, had a we had a cuddle, we had a cuddle, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and, um, and then on the back of that, I realised that by doing some work on myself, I would found I found a way that I was going to able to get back to sort of uh, where I was. But on that way, I realised that the experience I'd had in my life that was – I would, I wanted to reach out because I've been doing helping people five years previous, but I needed to then help myself. Yeah. So yeah. It's, and, a and, it's a common mistake. People, you know, if, if, if you need oxygen on the aircraft, you have to like fill yourself up first before you give oxygen to the kid. Right. And you know, even then. And so the point is, is that, you know, we, a lot of people fall into this trap sometimes where they just want to give, 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 but they're not actually full themselves to be able to give. And I think that's something you've worked on. Yeah. Well, I, I realized that I was, that's exactly what it was. You've explained it very well. I had to, uh, I had to give myself back, I had to work and do things about, you know, I'm still, uh, you know, although my, it'd been a very fast paced life, I'd never actually stood still and done the work that needed to be done. So if I didn't do that work, I would have still carried on pretty much the same and, and I wouldn't have grown, um, mm. the way that I, I think I have now, you know, so, yeah, that was uh, let's come a fantastic on to that, experience. Let's come on to that growth in a minute, mate, because I've got a few more comments here for you, which are really they're flying in. It's lovely. So Karen says, thank you, Mark. Uh, respect to you and Brandon. I'm following your path of interest. I'm training to be a transformational coach. Fantastic, uh, Karen. Good on you. Uh, Michael Rogers says, have you had to put groups of people behind you or not? Now, that's quite an interesting question. I, I know Michael pretty well. Um, I, I, for me, my whole social circle, not whole actually, but the majority of my social circle changed when I cleaned up my act. Uh, I wonder if that was the same for you. I think, well, look, you know, I was still DJing, so 
I think I think you've got to be aware of your environment. And I think, as you say, it goes back to the decision making. Mm. So I knew that when I made the decision in 1996, I would never go back to that again. Good. Well, it no. was such a profound moment of clunk. My brain, which went, I've had enough. And, and thank God it worked. Yeah. So uh, I think surroundings, as long as you're aware of them, you, you, you know, and, and, don't I would I wouldn't suggest putting yourself in risky situations because it's not advisable unless you're doing you know you just like a bit like me which is not always the best thing to do but lucky enough I was able to sort of carry it through so I, I personally I would say you be the judge of your mm. you, you know if you're if you're feeling unable to go into those places don't worry about it because if that's if you think you need to you'll find a way if you don't need to then don't so I would suggest that just Think about the way you're going to go beforehand or, you know, the people you're going to mix with. And if you think there's going to be some problem with triggers or something's going to lead you down the wrong path, then, you know, skirt around it. You know, it's, it'll be there the next time when you're stronger. It's about the decision again, Brad, <laughs> isn't it? It's ultimately. So, so Lucy says, are there any things you have to tell yourself on a daily basis, Brandon, to stay sober? Well, uh, look, um, you say sober in that word. I, look, Lucy, I occasionally take a drink once every blue moon but it doesn't lead me to where it did me before so i think mm, but yeah. i think i think anyone in this world where we are living in whatever path of recovery you take you have to change your you have to change your conversation with yourself because what we mm. do is we tend to beat ourselves up first thing in the morning we beat ourselves up then generally that happens most through the day so i would suggest that you just what i do is my morning routine is right i get up and i ask myself five questions i say how am i thinking how am I feeling? How am I feeling spiritually? Am I feeling physically? And am I, am I in the right frame of mind to get on my day? And if you give me grounding for 10 minutes and ask those quiet questions before you jump into what we do is, uh, you know, as in the world we live in, we often just get up, get on even, even as parents and, you know, stuff like that. You have the kids to get up and do the schooling, stuff like that. But if you can just take, I know it's difficult, but just to give yourself 10 minutes in that first morning and say to yourself, yes, you can say, say you love yourself. Yeah. Say, say you love yourself. It's not vain. It's actually, you know, you're looking after the one who can make the rest of your day. All right. Well, my, so, my definition, my definition of love is total acceptance. So, you know, do you love, do you totally accept yourself? If you do, then you can go out and release that energy into the day. But there's more coming in, mate. Andy Spencer saying, absolutely fantastic discussion. Thank you both. Your stories are so experienced and so enlightening. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. My, my good friend Richard says, great interview. Brandon was due to play in Worthing this year. We hope he's coming down soon. <laughs> Mitch, I'll be there in, I'll be there in, uh, in as well. Okay. It's for Leo Cilia. So I know that I, I will yeah. definitely be there as soon as we can. Oh, actually, no, coast. I remember the booking. Uh, well, mate, listen, as soon, soon as, as you can, <laughs> as soon as you can uh, I'll be there. But, you know, it, I, unfortunately, I really don't want to be a bear about tidings. I think that's going to be the last thing that's going to be allowed because yeah, of the no. nature, the nature of the, it's the nature of what we're doing. It. We're together. We're standing next to each other, dancing. It will come back, hopefully in the summer, for some outdoor gigs and that kind of stuff. And then we'll see what happens. So there's, look, there's more here. Trisha says, yes, she means disconnect from ourselves. Exactly what you said, Brandon. So it's a lovely answer. Thank you for that. Um, we've got uh, Des Daly. Des is saying hi, guys, uh, to Brandon and Mark. So that's great. 
Um, and we've just got more of these coming in. So it's absolutely awesome. So, um, so many people watching and getting involved, mate. And, and you, you know, you. Your, your story resonates. It resonates with me big time. I know we've helped each other over the years and I think it's wonderful what you're doing. So you. a little Thank bit you. more about what you're doing now as well, because obviously you're doing the Friday night, my soul sessions with, uh, Ricky. Ricky Morrison. Um, and they are just fantastic. I mean, I was lucky enough to come down and just be a guest and play a couple of tunes at no, the end. It was lovely. It was a great day. Yeah, we can't go in the studio, can we? So, no, right. Okay. No, so, it's a bit but, awkward, but um, the other thing you're doing is obviously these Facebook lives with all your mates. I've seen Ali on there with you and stuff like that. Just so talk, talk to people about what you're doing to just like, you know, get through this. So, so look, about, about three, four days into lockdown, I thought, how can I interact with people and make them feel better i know i know what makes me feel better and i know that if i listen to a few nice tunes and I even i just spoke to ricky on um on the skype or whatever i said look we're going to go on facebook we're going to play three or four records have a quick chat and just see what happens just left just play some nice music yeah. see what people like and we went on and then people were logging in and saying, oh, I love the tunes. And then they started, and I said, well, look, why don't we get people on to come and chat? So I've got this for this uh, platform called Ecamm, which allows you to have like six people on an interview. And then you stream it through Facebook mm. through that way. So it ended up that on a weekly basis, a Ricky Rota for like five months, I had a section of different people who came on as guests and we just played their played favourite records. We talked about We talked about the impact of what was going on for us all. Uh, and obviously being in the music industry, everyone was having their own um, struggles. Uh, so it was just a nice interrupt. And I think what it did was it interrupted the day because, you know, you could... We, you could have, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning is probably about the right time. You know, you'd maybe sit down for a cup of tea and then all of you, what you usually do is turn the news on. <laughs> yeah, don't do no, that. No, no, <laughs> don't do that. So it, it, it interrupted the process. So you yeah. played a few, and I had some, uh, you know, we had a lovely community building and there was people, the same people every day. Becky Greenwood was on every morning. There was Franco Conti, you know, Franco. Yeah. And there was so many people, I can't, there was so many every day just coming on and having a light little dance around, a bit of fun. Uh, a bit of light-hearted banter and I did it and I did, got up every morning I was there at 11 o'clock for like five months so that was that was a really nice thing to do and you know everyone you know uh, I think appreciated it for that day and it was just the idea was just to you know have a light little light banter and play some nice records yeah, and it worked. Um, it worked perfectly, mate. And and I saw it, and I was like, "Fair play to him for for you know, you've never been one to let the grass grow under your feet. You're always one just to step up." I've got more people joining us. Dave Senior, hi, Dave Cronin over there. <laughs> and Lucy says cheers, and she's really really happy, obviously, with the uh, the interview and the advice you've given, mate. So thank Paul you, Hyde, Paul, Paul Hayes as well. Paul Hayes from Ministry of Sound. Oh, hello, Paul, my Paul, mate. Well, so it's How awesome. are you, Paul? We it's we, awesome. we spoke, actually myself and Paul speaking a lot. Just previous to this, actually, we had some great plans, and and oh god, it involved the ministry, obviously. Yeah, and literally, and literally we had a call. <laughs> I remember we both said, we both rang Hector and said, "Any chance we've got this idea?" And he went, "Don't talk to me now." And it was literally as lockdown was starting. So, yeah. Paul, I hope you're well, mate. It's lovely to. Uh, we must catch up. We haven't yeah. done which is. Well, we're, we're, we're looking to do some stuff there, Brandon. We'll be talking more about that you and I together, definitely, because uh, I love what you were doing there. Uh, you know, and uh, and we've got plans as well. So it's going to be exciting. Twenty twenty one will be a bounce back year. We'll come. Things will change, and there will oh, be yeah. 
There, are, there will be positives. I know that. Many uh, percent, many percent. So tell us a bit more about Happy Days, mate, because uh, Happy Days, I came to your, your first event uh, under Waterloo, in, in Waterloo, Lisa Loud's um, venue. Uh, we had a great day. We loved it. You did a great session and there was a couple of other speakers, which were fantastic. Brian was there, wasn't he? Brian May. Brian, uh, yeah. And the Stress Management Society, Neil Shah was there as well. So really, really good stuff. Um, so what what is the... Um, what is the uh, the next step? What's going on with Happy Days? So Happy Days started on the back of coming out of UPW with you, and we were both sort of uh, wending our way through this this uh, this maze of, of of self-help or whatever you want to call it, personal development. <coughs> and I was put in touch with um, Michelle Allen by Carl Pearsall, who you know. So Carl runs the Yes Group in London, which is a personal development group. Um, it's the only one. And he put me in touch with a girl who's now our partner in Happy Days and, and Gaynor, who's also part of Happy Days. So what we said, we sat down, we came down, sat in his shed, in fact, and we talked about our experiences and, and we all cried for about three days. And, um, and we <laughs> came up with out, the idea. Get it out. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we came up with the idea that how can you be happier on a daily basis? Just happier, not saying Woo, 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 just a bit happier, resonated different levels. So we thought by changing small behaviours and just checking in on a daily basis. So we did, and we started a community. And now, happy days. Now we we do some workshop events. We've had some project, got a project called Tent Talks, where we go to festivals, put a tent up, and do some talks. Um, we've also got uh, some workshops which you came to. We did an online workshop this Saturday, first one for a year because obviously COVID. Uh, which was attended by about 25 people, which was lovely. Um, so it's now charity status. We're just pending the confirmation, which is great. So we can raise funds for charities and um, do other good things. Uh, Happy Days continues. Uh, I'm working for a charity at the moment called the Hepatitis C Trust. Um doing some great work as a, a company and the idea is to eradicate an illness sorry eliminate an illness which we can do because the cure is here mm. <clears throat> so um, that's what i'm doing at the moment which is a, a great thing to work for Brilliant. um the happy days is happening um obviously you know um we're just waiting for the doors of nightclubs and, and festivals to open again, hopefully. Um, I think there's a few events planned over Christmas, how they're going to be. I mean, they'll be socially distanced as well again. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, lots of little good things. And I think it's about, I think the key of the message probably is to, what I say is if you're feeling a bit out of sorts, please don't do it alone. Mm. Don't suffer in silence. Reach out. And I guarantee you, you'll find someone to listen. Even if it's just to unload and just not necessarily give back any advice, but just to to reach out and, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be not okay. It's okay to be, you know, we're all we're all feeling certain different things at the moment. So I think that the, the key message is whatever goes on, just, you know, do that, reach out. Well, this is it. I mean, you, you said something you know, about, about asking yourself those five questions when you wake up in the morning. And uh, one of the things that I, I learned when I was in the depths was start to ask yourself better questions and you'll get better answers. And, and actually, that was a big sort of moving point, moving forward point for me was asking myself better questions. What is that? Becoming the observer and looking at myself or, you know, observing myself and going, well, what is that about? Why am I feeling that? Why am I thinking that? What's happening? And then that, it led me, it's led me to a life amongst many other strategies which are in my book of course is actually about just you know 
finding a better way, finding a better way to exist, you know? It's about reframing. You know, yeah. most, most of the stuff you've got to do is if you reframe it. So a great quote a friend of mine said, which I loved, was uh, instead of waking up um, and saying, oh, what have I got to do today? Mm. What do I get to do today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a positive, yeah. One what, word. What opportunity have I got today? Let's go. Exactly. One yeah. word. Yeah. So that's, it's just about changing them words and also, um, and, and, and managing our fear. Because, you know, we've been living in fear for the last five, six months, on top of yeah. everything else we've, we're fearful about, you know? Yeah, um, but that's another, cha- that's another chapter entirely. Um, so, oh, no, yeah. there's, there's so much. So Lucy's saying she's interested in the charity. So where can she, where can she find Happy Days? Is it a website? Oh, Happy Days. Uh, yeah, so, uh, we, we've got a page on Facebook, Happy Days for Everyone. There yeah. is a website. It's, it's sort of in the process of being rehashed, I think, because of the charity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're after anything particular, Lucy, we've got um, there'll be a workshop. Join the Facebook page, and we can you'll be informed of as things as and when they happen. Um, I've not been personally on Facebook a lot lately, to be honest. Um, I've just haven't felt the need. Um, and also, you're quite busy, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm busy as well. But you know, I, I just I just knew that I would get consumed. If I let myself get consumed during lockdown and stuff, not that I wasn't beforehand, and I just noticed that the, the key thing here is for me, I was looking at my phone and I was looking, bloody hell, screen time, seven hours. I was like, what? Yeah. How on earth do I spend seven oh, hours on this thing? Hours. You yeah. work, I mean, you remember, took me back to the days, so if I work nine to five, normal work, at yeah. what point <laughs> did you ever get seven hours spare to look at a phone? Or do anything. You'd have an hour for lunch, and you'd, do, you'd rush back from that because yeah, yeah. you had work to do. So I sort of thought, oh no, I can't be doing this, and I was getting techno overload. So I yeah. just cut it right down. My suggestion is you use social media for business, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, if you need if you need advice and help and support, then get it from your peers and your close network, and hopefully reach out to the real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not some, which is difficult, but, you know, have a Zoom meeting or have a chat on FaceTime or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, um, yeah, you just got to be mindful of how all this stuff is going to, you know, uh, impact on you. Look, I, I hope I don't sound negative because I'm not. I just got to be mindful of all this stuff that I was look, being mindful of that I didn't get too involved in. I think people will resonate with you, Brandon, at the end of the day. You know, I mean, you come, you're a real guy, you've had real experiences and, and, you know, it's very easy, you know, it's so easy to get sucked into the negatives of life. It's just, if you know, if you allow it, I mean, I do hear people like, you know, saying social media, you know, but you know, you can control social media, you know, you decide what you're going to do. If it's seven hours screen time or it's at half an hour, at the same time, you know, you also control your feed. If you don't want to hear from somebody, then you can unfollow and you can say, you know, it's, it's all right. So look, got some more here for you mate i've got gav saying definitely don't keep it all in into yourself definitely share of course and that's what life remix and happy days and all this great stuff we're doing is about of course absolutely absolutely and george is saying great chat with brandon got to wonder how we all got through those mad years of putting on a bit <laughs> we're still here george oh. <laughs> i don't know yeah listen you know i often ask do you know what i don't i just think you know we 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 i never regret those years mate they were so fun yeah and and you know we we were able to sit here and talk about stuff which was you know our lives our lives were consumed by that then 
Fantastic. But, you know, uh, you know, it, it does come at, you, you have to sit down and think, you know, luckily enough, I think, you know, we were in a place to be able to make those decisions at the right time. Uh, so I think, you know, now we have all this information in our hands. We have all the, you know, yourself, people out there saying the stuff that you need to hear. So, you know, take some advice and look at what other people are doing to, to manage their stuff. And, and again, if you ever feel you're, you're problematic, if you're using drugs or whatever to, 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 you know, um, manage stuff, then, you know, you feel it's a problem, then reach out. There's many, many organizations to help now. And, um, they will support you unconditionally, uh, privately. It's fantastic. So that's right. That's right. I mean, um, I've got a message here from Pete Ski as well. So it's inspirational to listen to us both. And it's great. And re- he's really enjoying it. So that's awesome. Honestly, the, the, com- the comments are flying in here, mate. It's, uh, oh, here we go. We've got more questions. Are, are you all right to stick around for a bit longer? I mean, you know, but yeah. Okay. Good man. Um, so um, Lucy's saying, I've got my own opinion on this actually, but Lucy's saying, do you think mindful meditation is worth it? I find it boring. Uh, I miss the personal meetup. <laughs> I, I don't particularly love, I, I find little meditations are like two minutes. That's all I need. I look at a, something, I look at a dot, I do something, I meditate slightly and then I'm off again. I, I, get I, I think without sounding too woo-woo again, I think <laughs> if it works for you, look, I suppose Lucy, yeah. if, 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 <laughs> meditation quiets the mind. That's yeah. all it's for, right? It's for centering, grounding. And if you're able to do it, and I, I know you say it's boring, but if you're able to sit there, I tell you what to do, do, do a test. If you're able to sit there and not think about anything for a period of time, then that's fine. But if you sit there and you say meditation is boring because you're you're constantly uh, stimulated by the outside, that's the key. That's, it's quiet in the mind so that you have a chance to – just relax and, yeah. and, and let go of all the stuff. So, cause we're often, oh, I haven't done that. I want to do that. I've got to do that. I did it. And then you're, you're, you're getting stimulated by the phone all day long. And then this, and you, you know, and people then, what you do is you go to bed. I don't do it, but people do. You set your phone at night, you put it down. You wake up in the morning, pick your phone up again. So you're in mm-hmm. a cycle of constant stimulation, which means your mind never quiets, which is, um, so I think if you're going to do meditation, just practice a little bit of it. And if you could quiet your mind completely and, and drift off into that, I know it's a transcendental state, isn't it? But that's difficult. But if you can just quiet, and I find it really difficult, but I do it. And I did it every day during lockdown. And I do still do it. I use the Wim Hof method, which is that deep breathing. But what you do is you overflood your mind with oxygen. But then what happens is you, your mind just clears. Mm. It's fantastic. And to be in that place of clarity, believe you me, is unbelievable in this world we live in because we need to do it i uh i i learned something i i, I many years ago i i all my school reports said i lacked focus and and when i was a dj and music i lacked a lot of focus i was all over the shop and i started doing some coaching bob proctor uh you know when i started to make my changes after watching the secret and bob proctor said put a dot on the wall he said put a dot on the wall that only you know is there and then at certain points during the day just when, you, just when you're on your own just have a little stare out with the dot for a couple of minutes and just stare at the dot and keep totally, totally focused on it. And people say to me now, how do you run multiple businesses? How do you do this? How do you do that? It's, called, it's just called focus. It's just like, I, I'm with you now. I'm utterly, utter, of course, I'm utterly focused on what we're doing here. After I've done that and if I spend time with my wife, with Emma, I'd be utterly focused. <laughs> 
And then, you know, and just focus, focus. As long as you can focus on different things, you can train your mind to do what you want it to do, right? I mean, that's what a lot of this is that we're, we're talking about. So but, other questions popped in, mate. Uh, sorry, mate. Emma says, what's, what's Brandon's lifetime highlight? How long have we got? <laughs> my my li- lifetime highlight. Lifetime highlight. <laughs> I think Emma wants me to say, uh, yeah, look, I suppose there's a couple – Look, one of my lifetime highlights is being alive and and having that moment of clarity back in '96. But I, I think I think if I'm thinking of a moment where I went, "Wow!" It was when I first walked into space, and Alex said, "Come and come and bring your records and play in my club." And that morning, I played all afternoons with Alex, and then the governor Pepe come up and said, "Right." I've got you a job. You can come and we'll give you a, a social security number. Come and work every day with Alex. That was, that, that was when space, you must've been, what were you 25 or something? No, younger 20, what was it? Oh, 20. So 20, 90, 91. So not no, what's 91, 91, uh, 23, 23. So you're, you're 23 years old. You walk into a nightclub in Ibiza. It's essentially the most of the majority of where you were was outdoors. It started at, Eight o'clock in the morning. Well, I started inside at six playing techno. And, yes, um, right. And it went all the way through. All the way through. Went all the way through, and then, and then we opened the terrace about nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And, um, in the yeah. morning, and then it's the only club on the island that had a, that had a there's a thing called the Cafe Concerto license, which meant you could have a bar and restaurant running, but you had to close for one hour. And Pepe knew this, so Pepe said, "I can close between five and six and then open the club again, and the terrace cat is allowed because it serves coffee and allowed to open at nine, ten. Amazing. And that's what they did. So <laughs> it was the first open-air club in the world. Yeah. First after-hour club in the world. Yeah. And yeah. pretty much all those beaches and, you know, the Nikki beaches, all that sort of whole thing stemmed from that environment people seeing we, that we would, go, we would deliberately go to bed early on a saturday night in ibiza which was almost like you know it was almost like sacrilege to go to bed early in ibiza but we got to bed at like you know 10 11 o'clock yeah you know, after weeks of at being at it we'd go home on a like, we're going saturday night like nah, nah we're going to bed we get up at like six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning and all drive to space for it to kick off at like eight you know just some just what a what a place that was space is the place it was space is a place pack game. Look out! Do you remember that? Oh god! Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was probably one of the highlights. But I had many. But you know, that was one that sticks in my mind. I remember as you remember the moment walking with my best mate Baggy, who God rest his soul, took his own life New Year's Day this year. Would you believe? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So very, very. And that, can you imagine the start to the year? My best mate took his own life, and and I I saw him. Mm, no, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. That's that's you know. I think I, I mean it's it's tough. It's tough when people decide or make that decision that it's not worth being here. And I, I had suicidal thoughts. There's no doubt about that. When I was a little waif and I'd lost so much weight and I could barely move and I was just in agony every day. And I just thought, well, I might as well end this because I was 33. I'd been the party guru or the party boy, you know. And then uh, basically, it just went and. Uh, uh, and I didn't have anything that I left to offer. And I thought of it. I thought about ending it all. I basically don't think I was brave enough to do it in all honesty. Well, look, you know, they, 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 look, again, if anyone feels that at all, many, 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 many places to reach out to. Yes, and that's really, right. Really, right. you know, but don't, yeah, I've, don't I've, let got, it happen. I've got a couple more questions for you, mate. 
Um, so uh, Claire, do you remember Claire, DJ Heaven? So of course. Claire, oh, Claire, how are you? Claire's watching us. She says, love the planes flying over. Fantastic chat. Thanks, guys. So yeah, Claire was resident in IB for, for ministry. Was it was a ministry? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Claire was resident in the ministry with me, actually, as well. Yeah, in London. So uh, yeah, Heaven, DJ Heaven. So uh, fantastic. Oh, wow. to see how Claire fantastic. Sending lots what of a, what a great, We've got great memories, all of us. And uh, Andy Spencer's asked the beauty of a question here. He says, slightly tongue-in-cheek. He says, what colour were Brandon's PJs in the studio that day? Now, I remember. <laughs> Do you? I remember. I remember what colour your PJs were at the studio. Did I have day. men's Ugg boots on as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what colour were they? Go on. You had, a, you, had a white t -shirt. you had a white T-shirt, yeah? Yeah. You had a white T-shirt. You had, uh, they were pinstripe, they're sort of pinstripe uh, uh, pyjama bottoms. And a massive brown like like coat, like fur coat, and those Ugg boots. And like you was... <laughs> I, I mean, mean Ugg boots, men's Ugg boots. Oh man, mate. Great. What a memory that was. Oh, uh, fantastic. So, oh, that's so, a nice question. <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up in a little while, but we've got so many people staying with us and watching us and asking questions. It's beautiful. I want to say, first of all, massive gratitude to you for being here, but also huge gratitude to everyone else uh, for so actually tuning in and, and listening and, and taking in what we're talking about. Because ultimately we're talking about happy days, we're talking about life remix, we're talking about recovery we're talking about like you know we've all been through stuff right failure is just the state of mind failure is actually ends up being an opportunity um provided that you decide to dust yourself off uh and and say okay i'm gonna go again you know those those failures are, are actually how we become successful wouldn't you say so well look there's a couple of points there before we end uh, failure let's not use that word anymore yeah let's use this didn't work this way yep Right, because it, as you say, nothing's a failure. Something just didn't work the way you tried it. So try yeah, another yeah. way. Um, what was the other thing you said? Sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. No, that's fine. No, it's just really about like you know we we fail our way to success in some ways. Because... Ah, you said right. So this is my take on success. I used to be in the mindset of oh, I have to be like this, or I have to have this much, or I have to have this to be successful. I don't think like that anymore because. I'm judging myself by other people. So to be a success, I think you've got to be good for yourself and yeah, just mate. do what's right for you to feel happy, content. And if that's difficult, then get someone to help you achieve that by clearing out your mind of all the stuff that you think you have to be. Um, so my message before we go is don't judge yourself by other people because the other person's perfection perception of perfection is theirs not yours yeah um and what is you know success is i think success is being for me is being content in my life on a daily basis beautiful mate. if you if you if you if you know i mean we've had money we've had you know did that make me happy well i don't know i think it, it served a purpose for the time it definitely bought what i wanted at the time Mm. um and loads of it but <laughs> you know um so yeah i would i would just don't judge yourself please just 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 be do your best i'll tell you what there's a great book to read easy to read the Go four on. agreements four agreements which are have integrity mm. don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and always do your best four right. key key
key statements, which if you actually say to, if you say them to yourself, if someone says something, you think, oh, don't like that. You just say, don't take it personally. Mm, mm. They often find that it's actually not directed at you. It's just someone else's stuff. So if you can do that and say to yourself, I'm not taking it personally, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do my best. And my best is what I can do. And if you feel you've done enough, you've done enough. If you feel you can do a bit more, then do a little bit more. If you don't, then don't drive yourself mad and just be with you. Mm, very wise words, man. I mean, we're a human being, right? So we need to, we need to be, be. Uh, you know, and we need to be, I mean, one of the things that jumped out to me there is comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, and ultimately, you know, if you spend, I used to spend my DJ career comparing myself. What, why haven't I got that? Why haven't I got, what, you know, what a waste well, who, of- Why can't I? Yeah, we all used to do that. It was a very competitive our yeah. world without realizing it we was always thinking oh he's got that record i wish i was playing at that club i wish i was yeah i was i was just topping the dj pole look at them and yeah. Yeah. what does it mean no, at the exactly. end of it you know you're only beating berating yourself because you're not you're not that will just buy into you're not good enough exactly and you are good enough of course you are we all you're are enough. you're all here you're all here for a reason and that that's reason right. is what you have to find that's it you find your purpose get your vision set your goals and then get out there and do it. And, and Brandon, I'm going to, I'm going to say to you, honestly, mate, you've been absolutely fantastic tonight. And I'm sure there's so much information that people are going to connect with in this interview as they watched it live and they're going to watch it back in, in numbers. I know they are. I would ask you if you would come back on again in the new year, I think we've, there's more for us to talk about, you know, there's more for us. And I think there's so much more that we can cover. I feel we've just scratched the surface tonight. We found out a little bit about, um, about you, of course, and, and some history and everything else. Um, and uh, hi to Paul, uh, Andy there. Um, we've got uh, Ariane and Gavilar saying, comments are flying in mate. honestly, it's, uh, it's really, really wonderful. Um, your, your, your honesty is something that I think we can all connect with. Uh, inspirational is another word that's coming up often on the chat, mate. Uh, and, and you know what's interesting? You know, my, my purpose is to joy, is bring joy, knowledge, inspire and create. For me, it's just like, you know, what you're doing and the, just the words we're speaking now. You know, we used to use music to uplift. Um, now we can use music, but we can also use words and, and, and vibration and, and help other people. And, um, you know, our stories, our stories resonate with a lot of people. Um, and your, your book, The Life and Lines, I recommend everyone goes back and, and reads it. If you haven't read it, go back and read it. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great read. It's a great book. And, and you know, we love you, Brandon. You're, uh, you're an inspiration to me, mate. Um, that day at UPW and I heard, okay, and I just spent, four, I just spent four, three, four days just in your company, mate. It was such a surprise. But if you remember, I was struggling, you were struggling, and yet we helped each other. And, and that's a bonding experience in, in itself. Um, you know, well, I, I, hope, I, I hope 2021 brings us so many opportunities to work together. Uh, I know it will. I know it will. Absolutely. It was wonderful. And listen, everyone, have a wonderful Christmas, you know, yeah. uh, and, and let's wish uh, wish you all the best for 2021. And um, well done for being, looking after yourselves through what we've been through this year. Uh, we'll, all, we'll all meet up again on a dance floor somewhere. <laughs> yes um, we will mate yes we will do you remember the uh, remember uh, JB Orchestra yes yeah yeah on, a, on our dance floor somewhere god damn that DJ anyway so we'll all meet on a dance floor somewhere and uh, we'll all we share a, a tune or two 
We will, mate. There's so many thank yous coming in. There's so much great stuff coming in. People are absolutely loving. People saying you're amazing, you're inspirational. It's just wonderful, mate. And from the, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's um, pleasure, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to us speaking again in the new year and we'll cover a load more information. And 2021 will be a comeback year for everybody. It's lovely to see you again, Wilkie, and I'm really pleased you've still focused on your your goals, and it's brilliant to see you, mate. And, you know, I'm glad. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I can't see the comments. I wish I could have done. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, onwards and upwards, and I hope you just be good to yourselves and be good to your loved ones, all right? That's it, mate. Listen, you take care of yourself, Brandon. Got nothing but love for you, mate. Ciao, mate. See you, mate. See you soon. Ta-ta. Sleep well, everyone. Life Remixed. With Mark Hi, it's Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com, sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Listen, baby, I don't mind what you do in your own time, as long as it feels alright. Life Remixed.